a historic budget. This is the rainy day, we've put the umbrella up. In uncertain times. It looks to me like it's borrow and hope. And tackling unemployment. It's not just killing possums and pulling weeds. Kia ora and welcome to One News Inside Parliament. It's a weekly catch-up and podcast about the political stories we've been covering here on One News. I'm Benedict Collins. I'm, I'm Jessica Vatsmagai. Mikey <laughs> Sherman here as well. Hey, and it's, it's been a huge week. We've had uh, an incredible budget um, announced yesterday. But shall we kick off with our, our highlights and our lowlights from the from the um, this week? What will well, be mine your kind peak? of fits with the budget theme. And I just think it wasn't so much a high or a low, but just a different way of doing it. And the budget lockup, traditionally we all go in, there's a, a big buffet lunch for all the analysts and all the journalists. Things were a little different this time, so we had to be all spaced out in the lockup. The numbers were limited because of the gathering size. We were only allowed a few cameras in there. There, of course, was no lunch because that would involve sharing and passing around utensils and things like that. So it just was another example of how things are done differently. And perhaps if we go back and look at this podcast next year we'll be like oh yeah that's right it was quite different last year so I think just a noteworthy thing the different way that the budget lockup was delivered this year. Yeah, and look, lots of um, good things to talk about um, that were that was pertained in that budget. Um, but I'm going to start off um, a little um, uh, uh, smaller with my peak um, before we get into those meaty numbers and, and all of that. My peak is actually um, that we saw um, a, a few more Māori um, uh, presenters at the Epidemic Response Committee this week. And of course, I mentioned this as my pit last week in terms of a lack of Māori representation and the criticism um, that the likes of Simon Bridges was facing around that. So it was good to see a few more Māori in there um, and that um, that addressed um, that, that there. So really good. Yeah, I've got a couple of peaks this week. One, it's nice to be back at level two and nice to be podcasting you know, together in the same room after um, doing it over Zoom for a while. But um, another peak, um, you know, people were pretty angry with the health minister during um, endangering our lives repeatedly by um, break, breaking those lockdown rules, but I just can't stay angry at him. This week, um, there was a he was giving a, a press conference in the um, theatrette, and a very unfortunate little um, uh, technical issue with Radio New Zealand's feed, as the minister said the word countries. Um, apparently, um, we're not allowed to show you the video because um, of the Broadcasting Standards Authority, but you can check it out on Twitter. I've watched it about 10,000 times. It brought many a tear to my eye. Yeah, that that um, peak made me very nervous, and I'm glad you were, were able to deliver it without um, too too much descriptive language. But shall we move on? I have a, another peak, um, and that was with, that we did three days in a row of zeros. So well done, New Zealand. Yeah, and I mean, sort of on that note, my pit um, is that I kind of miss um, the, the solitary and the, and the quiet of level um, three and four, I must say. You know, we're only into our second day in level two, but already the streets are full, everybody's out and about, it's, you know, starting to feel like uh, everything's buzzing again, and I kind of miss the quiet, yeah. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, eh, sometimes. <laughs> and my um, pit for the week would be... Um, Oh, very good journalism here um, out of Radio New Zealand. They caught the police um, running a secret facial recognition technology um, trial, uh, basically using controversial technology out of the US. Um, police had no authority to be doing this. They hadn't talked to the Privacy Commissioner. They had no sign-off from ministers. Pretty disturbing conduct here. Um, police refused to even respond to our questions about this this week. And they got caught on the same day that the government gave the police power just to walk straight into people's homes without warrants um, at, at um, 
level two, you know, pretty concerning um, behaviour here uh, by the New Zealand police. And the other thing with that story, of course, that garnered a lot of attention was because um, Marae were singled out in that too. So there was a lot of debate and controversy over that issue too. And I guess sort of overshadowed some of the budget preparation, those those sorts of issues for the government. Yeah, I mean, bizarre that they just call them out like that. And Micah, you mentioned that in one of your tracks yeah, um, and this week. Um, just bizarre behaviour. Yeah, and um, really put sort of um, uh, Labour's Māori MPs on notice in particular, I think, from um, a lot of, um, you know, Māori voters. They were um, online visibly upset um, to see that, that Marae had been singled out and specifically mentioned um, alongside private dwellings in the new COVID-19 response bill. Um, and so uh, Calvin Davis and, 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 you know, the government had to essentially backtrack on that and they removed that wording from the legislation to a degree um, and and so that was interesting and that obviously followed on from the um, Tangihanga funeral back down as well um, in terms of lifting that 10 person cap um, and raising it to 50 and that obviously caused a lot of controversy around funeral numbers. Yeah, some rapid retreats made by the um, government on, on, on policy you know, around coronavirus this week. Hey, but on <clears throat> yesterday we had a, a budget. It was um, historic in some ways. What did you make of it, Jess? <clears throat> it was pretty big, and I said it on the news last night, but instead of talking about millions like we usually talk about in budgets, this was billions. This was massive. A $50 billion pot of money 30 billion of it's already spent, but there's still this lovely little pot of $20 billion to spend over the next few months. Now, of course, that'll go on things as they come up. So as the dust settles and we see where things are at, it may have a bit more going into health. But I think one of the questions that came out of yesterday is, okay, what will this money now be spent on? And I think I think we may see helicopter payments in the next few weeks come in. I think the government will wait for people to settle down a little bit but I think once people start to feel a bit more relaxed about level two they'll come out and say right here's the money go out and spend it and I, I think a few months out from an election um, there'll be that just opens the door nice and wide for the opposition to come in and say some election sweeteners but I think in terms of spending for that money Grant Robertson giving himself some breathing room if you like to see what happens with COVID-19 and see how it plays out. Certainly allows for some good lolly scrambling um, ahead of the election. So they've got yeah. that nice little nest egg there to, to throw about um, in the next few months, you're right. But I guess also they don't know how things are going to play out exactly. You don't know whether there's going to be a second wave, um, You know whether you're going to have to move, retreat back into level three or... And whether or not they need or, to or, or retarget <coughs> yeah, where they target um, that spending as mm. well. Um, interesting, though, um, you know, some of the big numbers that came out of the budget um, and, um, you know, good to see things like food and schools expanded. I mean, that was expanded hugely from 8,000 students currently. They've added an extra 200,000 students to that. So pouring in an extra $221 million in order to make that happen. So that's some, some good news, you know, for, for those students going to school, feeling a bit hungry. All, all of the um, evidence in that points to the fact that 
that they need to have a full stomach in order to be able to focus in the classroom. So that's that's good policy. The thing there. that resonated for me from your story was uh, the the woman that you spoke to said, "Look, that'll mean that for families, there's forty or fifty dollars extra a week that they can spend on other things that they don't have to think about for kids' lunches. And if you're if you're struggling, that's going to make a big difference to your weekly budget." So I, I thought that was a really interesting point that she made. And lots of money too for food parcels. Um, and really interesting though, you know, we asked the, the finance minister, you're pumping all of this money, $32 million into food banks. You know, we've seen those lines, you know, record lines streaming out of the likes of the Mangere Budgeting Service. Um, and so the question is, why not put that money directly into the pockets of those people who are feeling the pinch? You know, we saw them raise benefits by $25 recently, but um, we know that the, um, you know, the working group, uh, um, po- poverty Working Group um, recommended it be even more than that. So why did they not take that step this budget, um, you know, put that to the minister? Um, so, you know, could be something that we see maybe in that third um, budget, perhaps. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it is, like like you kind of asked them yesterday, it is that sort of ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, isn't it? When, when you've got all these people going on to the unemployment benefit, it's not enough money for so many people to live on. And yet, you know, you're sort of pumping resources to help to help them once they've once they've failed, but not to try and keep them afloat. Mm. And it did seem, and it seemed today as well, that Grant Robertson is saying that he's open to that idea of of um, increasing the benefit again, perhaps seeing how things go over the next little while and seeing where they can spend that pot of money. Yeah. So I think he definitely didn't rule that out as, as an option. Well, he didn't. Yeah, maybe he didn't rule it out. But I mean, we're four months out from an election, right? They don't have much. More time guaranteed to be yep. be in power, right? If they're yep. going to do that, um, well, I had it. Um, sort of, we we break up the budget into different stories so we can cover off different issues. And I was fascinated by the announcement around trying to get eleven thousand Kiwis into um, out working in nature, out uh, shooting possums, pulling weeds. And as the um, conservation minister said, "Hey, it's not just killing possums; we're also killing wallabies." <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this works. You know, the government thinks these won't be all full-time jobs, right? They're thinking, let's say, for example, one business is struggling. Maybe some of the workers will be able to go out into an environmental project for a few months until that business is back on its up on its feet, and that those workers can come back in. So it's sort of <clears throat> some will be short-term um, projects, short-term employment, and they're hoping there will be other sort of longer-term, more permanent employment created as well. I'm just going to be re- really interested to see because we already have people out there doing pest control, right? And it's you know pretty. Pretty, uh, it requires a lot of skills in, in many instances, right? Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see whether we can train up thousands of New Zealanders to get onto the sort of trapping, weeding, um, and whether they're simpl- whether not going to displace current workers who already do this stuff. Also on that issue, I think it's really interesting because from memory, the Greens initially asked for $3 billion over three years to do this. I wonder if the government has said, look, you can have a billion this time, and if it works, maybe we'll give you some more. But I guess it's the same idea as as the Provincial Growth Fund, where you have this pot of money that you try and encourage people to do jobs and get out and about in the community. But perhaps another example of, of... they were pretty rushed getting this budget together. Um, you know, usually budgets take six weeks to before they're actually delivered to lock it down and work through the details. They literally locked it down at the beginning of the week on Monday, and, it, and yeah. that's an example. And a good example of how this has done been done on the hoof. Um, another part of the, um, another announcement they made yesterday was pumping money into apprenticeships and keeping people in apprenticeships. And and part of keeping them in apprenticeships, they. Um, 
announced $412 million, I think it was, basically to set up a scheme where, um, say, say for example, you're a builder, you've got an apprentice, you know, and the economy's tanking, so you, you know, you, you, normally you couldn't keep them on, you're going to be able to access this fund. And I said to the government, hey, how, how's that going to work? How are employers going to be able to access it? And they came back and said, oh, we're going to figure out those details in the next, you know, month, month or so. So, you know, they've got some big plans here, but they haven't figured out the detail, I think, on, on quite a lot of it because they've just been responding to this pandemic. And, mm. and perhaps understandable, you know, and I think that, <coughs> Absolutely, that's, right? that's yeah. the thing at the moment. One of the um, things that I focused on in, in my part of the story last night was the wage subsidy, and that's uh, being extended uh, pretty successful, if you like, quote-unquote, $10.7 billion um, spent so far, uh, the extending that to spend another $3.2 billion on the wage subsidy scheme. Uh, some businesses, obviously in level two, will go back to opening their doors at least, um, but others are going to keep needing support. Um, we interviewed a travel agent, for example, so their business, she does international travel, It's not she doesn't work in the domestic market, that's going to be really tough for the next little while. So businesses like that who are going to need that ongoing support to keep their staff. So that was that was another big announcement out of the out of the budget. I did have to smile a little bit. I asked the finance minister a question in the lockup and I said, oh, you know, look, you've already spent $10.7 billion and $3.2 billion doesn't seem like much money in comparison. And, and you just think, wow, $3.2 billion doesn't <laughs> seem like a lot of money. And for, for New Zealand, um, it, you know that's where we're at at the moment. Yeah. What about reaction to the budget? What what stood out for you guys? Look, I think that businesses will be disappointed with the budget. I think apart from the wage subsidy extension, there was nothing in there for them in terms of the continuing overheads that they're facing. They've always said, you know, we need cash flow in order to keep the blood pumping around in, in the business. We need um, money to help pay, you know, for rent. We need rent relief. Nothing in there for commercial rent relief. Nothing in there for cash flow. The only thing was the extension to the wage subsidy, but even the, the, the bar for that was lifted higher from having sh having to show a 30% loss to now having to show a 50% loss in revenue. Um, so the bar's been lifted and there's nothing else there for businesses. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were sort of a bit disappointed from yesterday's budget. I think uh, beneficiaries are another group who perhaps may have expected to see another top up for the government to, to lift uh, lift that. We know we've had countless um, working group reports that say the benefit number is just too low. Um, that would have been an opportunity to do that. They didn't see that happening. Another thing as well, fees free for students. That was a really big policy from the government and uh, that second year has been scrapped as well, just ruling it too expensive. So I think there will be a few people who are disappointed in that. The other thing um, was the GP's visit. That was another thing that was making it $10 cheaper for people to go along to their GP. That was another idea um, that was floated that would have helped a, a lot of people and that obviously was scrapped. So there are quite a few things that the government's had to, um, the minister says, put on ice, um, which he's said repeatedly. There are a few phrases that he's just said over and over and over. The Like the rolling mall, it's just, it just, I've heard that phrase a few too many times over the yeah, last two seems days. seems unprecedented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, no, I'm still not, I'm not sick of unprecedented yet. What? I'm still okay with unprecedented. So it's just rolling mall and put on ice that's driving me a bit wild. <laughs> and, and what about surprises? One one thing that kind of surprised me was this enormous support 
into the disability sector. Yeah, um, best part of a billion dollars, eight hundred and seventy odd million. I, th- I think just you know could make a real uh, a difference. Um, you know, for people providing care for those with disabilities and in, in that neck of the woods, that was one thing that stood out for me. Yeah, the biggest boost that they've ever yeah. that they've ever received. So that's got to be great. I was a little bit disappointed not to see anything in there for um, you know uh, our climate response. Nothing in there around climate change. Um, you know, it was great to see a billion dollars being pumped into creating jobs around the environment, doing something different like that. But other than that, there was nothing there um, for the environment for climate change, no, which is huge. Can I just add in two more surprises that yep. I thought out of the budget. Um, the defence spending, I thought, um, was quite a surprise. It was quite a lot of money given the climate that we're in at the moment. Um, we obviously need to buy new equipment, um, but I think that the fact that that made it acro- across the line just shows how much in dire need we are. The Herks need replacing, so that was one thing. And also the postal service, I thought, was really interesting. That that bailout, well, the uh, money being pumped into um, New Zealand Post, and I think for a lot of us over this lockdown period, the post has become much uh, something we've relied on so much more more so they got um, a, a big chunk of change in the budget too so so I think that I was a bit surprised by those ones as well yeah I mean a- around here it, it is beginning to feel a little bit more normal I my gauge is um, there's a car park out the back of parliament and many days there were uh, maybe three cars in there and it would have been mine and perhaps a few of the security guards here or um, one of the one or two of the journalists um, and yesterday was the first day that it was a little bit of a struggle to find a car park it's a first and best dressed scenario so you you've got to be careful and I thought oh yeah this is starting to feel a little bit more normal so I just think it's the a lot of the backbench MPs are, are coming back um, and we're just going to have to I think not just for us here at Parliament but for everyone we're just going to have to keep checking ourselves to make sure we are doing that social distancing to make sure we're still doing all those things we're being told to do because it is starting to feel more more normal. Yeah, what did you make of um, National's response to the budget? I know um, Paul Goldsmith, he was saying, look, he didn't really feel that there was that much in there in terms of job creation. He, he did acknowledge the apprenticeship scheme um, or, or the extra support for the apprentice, apprentices that the government's announced, but he really didn't think there was much in there for jobs. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the initial move of the, usually um, the opposition does sort of a ceremonial thing in Parliament where they say, we don't like this budget. And National chose not to do that this year. And I thought that was interesting. And the the reason they gave for that was they said, look, this isn't the time to sort of be, be playing politics, quote unquote. So that gesture, I think, was quite good. Then went on, of course, to, to... to play politics, which is the the role of the opposition. I think um, it was really interesting to bring up the huge amount of borrowing. So that was a line um, saying that we're going to, it will mean that children will be shouldered with this debt. Quite interesting reply from Grant Robertson was saying, well, look, um, yes, the ch- we may have to have this debt, but if kids' parents don't have jobs and they don't have food on the table, that's bad too. So I just think it was really interesting, that response there. I think this idea of the slush fund um, saying that, you know, Labor's got a $20 billion pot of money to, for the election lollies you talked about. Um, that were, That's a valid criticism as well. Um, so so I think they responded well to it. They probably got the, the tone a bit better this time. It, it, it could be seen as a, as a criticism, but I think it's also a good thing. 
um, especially in the current climate, like you say, we you know we just need to see what happens and how the virus unfolds and and what the impacts continue to look like in order to to respond to that. Um, and just before you know, as we're sort of nearing the end, I quickly want to mention also um, really interesting to see um, almost a billion dollars um, for the Maori budget that they that they sort of carved out there um, as part of this fifty billion dollar budget. Um, uh, biggest money that um, you know Maori have received in a budget. Um, not surprising though, given that the billions were being thrown around, that they should um, have um, gotten that in terms of um, the Maori caucus in, in Labour. Um, it's gearing them up uh, in a strong position for a good fight um, at the election against those Maori party candidates vying to get back into Parliament. Really interesting to see um, with Tangihanga issue and then the Marae issue that we spoke about in terms of being included in that legislation earlier, how that sparked off a whole uh, platform for the Maori party candidates to um, come at Labour with and so they were being pummeled two days in a row um, and then yesterday they were able to sort of respond with a decent budget package for Maori. So that's basically creating a really good contest in those seven Maori seats so that's going to be one to watch. Such fun. Yeah. Hey, and just um, finally for me, just something that I had a good chuckle at yesterday, but in, in addition to getting people out into green jobs, um, the government also has a plan to try to get people who've maybe lost their jobs in, in tourism or aviation out onto working on farms. And they've set up a $20 million fund and part of it is going to be um, sending town folk out on familiarisation tours um, to farms to give them a taste of rural life and to show them what it's like. And we actually got out, um, our Hawke's Bay reporter got out and, and interviewed a um, farmer for us yesterday and said, hey, you know, what is life like? And the, the guy said, mate, it's not all beer and skittles. You're going to get dirty. You're going to work long hours and you're going to get yelled at. And I thought, well, yeah, they might need to work on their um, sales pitch a bit. Yeah, there, uh, we the, can just the say that. community didn't sound like a... <laughs> great time. The press gallery is pretty much like that anyway, yeah. so we'd be quite good on the farm, I think. It'd be great. Yeah. Well, on that so, note, shall we wrap up? Yeah. Um, we've, we've had a few little chuckles. Mm. Hey, so this was One News Inside Parliament, the weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering here on One News. Now you can check this podcast out on your favourite podcasting app. We're also on a whole range of different social media uh, platforms. Um, and we'll uh, see you next time. Yeah.